Hi there. This is the first recap episode, or what we call logbook entries, of our actual play podcast of D&D 5th edition. It takes place in Silentir, an archipelago in the southern waters of the Sword Coast. My name is Ali. I'm the dungeon master of this campaign, and you're listening to Rumi Rummers. Shiplog Entry 1 This is my first entry for the currently named boat Twilight Star. My name is Inga Hope, and I suppose I should explain how we got to this point. I'm a fully white tiefling who's a paladin of Sune. I have beautiful ram-style horns that go up and around, pointing behind me. I'm not all that tall, but I do have the most lovely freckles on my cheeks. Me mum calls them stars. I came from Silvery Moon, where my family is from. They're the Hope family. They're mostly known for their last hope shops throughout the realm. They're all human, too. And I was the first tiefling. They <laughs> sure were surprised about that, but we're all very supportive, especially being the followers of Sune that they are. I grew up putting my full heart into Sune, so I wanted to go on my own pilgrimage to spread her name. There's hardly any places left in Faerun that haven't heard of her, so... When I heard of the Silentir Archipelago, I knew I had to go there. My family was very kind and supportive of my new goal. They got me a tutor to teach me how to sail and to properly tend to a boat. When the time came, they gave me enough money to get my own boat, to hire a small crew, and to essentially set me up for this grand adventure. But going out on your own, it's a lot more expensive than I initially thought it would be. Especially when you like the finer things in life and you don't mind spending the extra gold to get it. I ended up on the west coast with nothing but 60 gold left. As much as I tried, I couldn't find any kind of boat that could be sold for that little. So I did the next best thing and got passage on an archipelago ship. The first stop for anyone in the Sintelier is Port Lestara. A pub called the Mysterious Goat was recommended to me by the sailors. And it's a modest tavern with a lot of personality. It's a very diverse place with lots of different folk there. That's when I ran into Damien and Arius. Damien is a tall, slender man. He's got purple skin, and he's a tiefling like me. His hair is this dark midnight blue that's almost black. He's got these pretty crimson eyes with no pupils. Apparently, that's quite a thing with most tieflings. His horns are like mine, ram-style, but they point forward. When we first met, he was wearing a worn-out long brown coat over a scale nail that he was sporting. But ever since we've had the chance to get to know each other, I know he prefers to dress better than that. He has a shield and didn't have a sword on him that I could see at the time, but he did summon one later and definitely uses it well. He hasn't said much about why he's out here yet. He's said he's looking for money for a boat because he's got things he needs to do. He tends to dodge the matter when we try to talk about personal stuff. All he said is that he was a privateer and knows his way around a boat. But that's okay. I know he'll open up soon. 
And then there's Arya Saterfeld. He's also tall, but a couple of inches shorter than Damien, and he has an average build for an elf. He's a moon elf with pale skin and these piercing green eyes and dark gray hair. He has this owl on his shoulder whose name is Mishta. She's a pretty brown tawny owl with some white spotting on her and apparently loves treats. Arius doesn't carry much on him and doesn't wear armor, but he does have a long sword on his belt. Claims to know how to use it, but I haven't seen it yet. He definitely does know magics. Of all kinds too, from the type that can burn things down to the kind that can make people invisible. He's very collected and has a distinguished air about him. Very similar to my family back home. He's very smart. Says he knows a lot of facts, which he says are useless, but I think they're fun. He's apparently trying his best to get into the Candlekeep library. Says he needs to bring the librarian something they don't have yet, so he's set out to map the archipelago. So anyway, I did what you're supposed to do. Go to a pub and look for quests. Found the boys, but I still needed a boat. Turns out the boys wanted one as well. After learning about the help wanted by the governess Lady Lashtara, we decided teaming up would be the best option as we probably wouldn't be able to do it alone. We go to find out what Lady Lashtara wanted. Her son had gone missing. There's some good news and bad news with that information. Good news is that she knows where he's gone off to. The bad news is it's a heavily guarded pirate's cove. She needs us to find him and hopefully, if he's alive, bring him back. And to kill Commodore Korag, the leader of the pirates. The cove itself is usually only accessible from the water, but her scouts had found an entrance from the jungle. So, we set off with some rations and made our way through the jungle, with only some trouble with the local animals and a river. Eventually, we did find the back entrance. It's at the end of the river, leading into a mountainside. There's a cave system the water carved out of the mountain, and Arius had Mishta go explore where it went. We found after a series of tight squeezes and tunnels that it eventually led into a cavern that leads out into the sea. It's big enough to moor three or four large ships, and on top of that, Mishta was able to see that there were over 60 people with torches lighting up the majority of the place. She came back, and we discussed a plan of attack. Now, remember how I mentioned that Arius can turn people invisible? Well, we didn't realize that at the time, so our plan was to walk in there all stealthy-like and try to parlay with the captain on one of the ships moored there, or with the Commodore himself. The plan did not go well. Turns out none of us are stealthy at all. Should have figured with the loud armor, but what can you do? We were taken prisoner rather quickly and brought to the brig of one of the two large ships currently in the cavern. While waiting for them to decide what to do with us, we were able to chat with a couple of the pirates that were looking over us. One of them, a gorgeous sea elf named Alma, gave us some hints that the boy we were looking for was still alive. After a bit of waiting, Commodore Korag came down to see what we wanted. Arius was very forward and honest about our reason to be there, telling him about the governess wanting her son back. And to everyone's surprise, that went over well. Apparently, it's a well-kept secret that the governess's son, Sean, is actually the Commodore's son as well. Way back when, Commodore Korag and Lady Lishtara were in love. 
because of that, the pirates used to have a good deal with the governess. Keep other pirates and the Lord's Alliance ships out of the area, and in return, they'd have exclusive trading and treasure rights, and would be free of taxation. Eventually, the couple broke apart, sadly, and now her son Levin was the last straw, and she broke the deal. Korag tells us the boy had gone seeking adventure after learning what some of his mother's plans were for him, including marrying someone he's never even met. So he set off to join the pirates, unaware that he was the Commodore's son. Commodore Korag hasn't told Sean that he's his father yet, but is waiting for the proper time and place. Hopefully, Sean never reads this ship log. This is where our parley comes into action. You know, the original plan. With the truth all out and our initial quest on the table for all to see, we come up with a plan that will benefit all parties. Mostly. Sean wants to stay with the pirates. The Commodore doesn't want to stay in the area and wants to quit pirating. We need either money or a boat and to stay on the governess's good side. The idea is take something of Sean's to prove we found him, take the flag of the Commodore's ship to prove that we killed him, and return back to Port Lishtara, sad to say that her son is dead. But we avenged him. This will satisfy both Sean's want to go unnoticed by his own mum, and for Korag to never see his ex again. If we are successful with telling Lady Lishtara the lie, we can have Korag's smallest ship, the Twilight Star, a smuggling vessel used to get items in and out of Port Lishtara. He says he won't have much of a use of it doing away with his life of crime anyways. We agree this would be our best bet since we'd only get half of what the governess would reward us, seeing that her son would be presumably dead and all. There were two things the Commodore wanted out of it, to make sure we'd hold up our end of the deal and not just sell out the pirates to the governess. Korag told Alma to go with us. The sea elf can apparently shapeshift into whatever animal she's seen, so we've no worries about suddenly an extra party member being with us. And the other stipulation being that whatever money we got as a reward from Lady Lashtara would go back to the pirates. Couldn't really argue that part. Remember the whole 60 pirates surrounding us? Eventually, we got back to Port Lashtara, and with Alma transformed as a mouse in our pocket, we speak with the governess. She believes everything we tell her. Obviously, she's very sad about the news of her son's death, but holds up her end of the bargain, and we walk away with the reward and a writ of good renown. Going back to the Pirate's Cove, we talked about renaming the boat now that it was going to be ours. Arius wanted to call it the Whispering Sow, which was vetoed. Immediately. I brought up a wonderful name, Sune's Hope. It's perfect. Usually ships are named after beautiful women, such as Sune, and we're hopeful that our adventure goes well. They didn't exactly love it, but they didn't hate it either. So, until we have something better, I'm going to refer to her as Sune's Hope. At the Pirate's Cove, everyone is packing up to leave, and Korag thanks us for dealing with the last loose ends by letting us keep the majority of the reward money. He was really kind. Without us, the only way out to the pirate in life would have been a lot of bloodshed, so he's appreciative of us turning up when we did. We're given Sune's Hope part of the Twilight Star, as part of the deal with Korag, and Alma asks to sail with us.
She tells us she's not materialistic or anything and doesn't want gold, which is just unbelievable. And that she just wants to ride along to see more of the archipelago. That works for us, so we took her on. With all that settled, we have a boat now and something of a crew. Damien has shown he's the best at driving the boat. Arius can read the stars and can navigate for us. And from what I learned back home, I can take care of the boat itself. Alma says she knows how to drive the boat as well, so we're covered when Damien is sleeping. The first order of business is to get ourselves more prepared to actually go sailing into the open waters. Being that this boat was meant to smuggle things over small distance, it wasn't whilst we decided to head up to the nearest town, Haslet. It's a pretty cliffside town with bleached white buildings and a crystal blue waters. There we find the essentials. There we find the essentials. I got some new clothes, a really pretty tea set, a romance novel, and some beauty supplies. You're never too busy to exfoliate. Damien got a stunning new coat, and Arius got a couple of books and a map of the discovered area surrounding us. Oh, and I suppose we got some of the supplies like food and extra wood and such. The harbour master also gave me the ship log I'm writing in now. She was very sweet. She said we'd be a proper sailing boat with one of these. All the supplies we need on board, we're officially able to head off into the unknown. When something else exciting happens, I'll write in you again.